0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and Today we're going to be talking
1: about beers, beers and, computers. and computers. Oh, you were you almost didn't, you almost did though. I didn't do you it. Almost wanted to say hey. I heard it
0: in my head, and I was like, stop it. You stop it right now. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. Uh, my name is Alex, and this is Nick. As always, hello. And we are the Beers and Podcast. Uh, please follow us on Instagram or YouTube at Beers and Podcast. You know, like and subscribe and all that stuff.
1: Or on Twitter at Beers and One. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna hit you real early with all the ways we want you to talk to us, to see us, to hear us, in all of our glory. That's right. Uh, so today we're talking about computers, as we said, and we're drinking Treehouse finally.
0: Yes, finally. So uh, you know, I, I don't even know if we've ever talked about it on the on the show at
1: all. But Treehouse is one of the country's most renowned breweries. Oh, I didn't. You've always spoken about Treehouse, but I didn't know that that was the case. That's yep. the renowned. So
0: they're based out of um, just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Their you know uh, first building. Yeah. Because there are other ones. There are satellite ones now, but they're ranked by Untapped as the eighth best. Brewery in the country. Really? And by Beer Advocate as the, I think, number three in the top ten.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. And so, we have some here today. And we have some here. <laughs>
0: so we were actually going to do um, something totally different. We were going to have a seltzer today. Yeah. But then on the way to come see Nick, I picked up Treehouse from uh, one of my friends, or two of my friends, Stan and Amanda. So thank you guys. Thanks,
1: Demanda. Demanda. <laughs> that's, your, that's, your, <laughs> that's your couple's name I just came up with right here on the spot. Fun little fact, their last name is uh bro b-r-e-a-u demand a bro listen i, mean, I demand a bro too. somebody <laughs> demand a bro this stuff writes itself
0: right yep so we're talking about computers today yes we are did you know that you can stop a or do you know how to stop a laptop's charge from running out
1: how to stop a, a laptop's, laptop's charge, charge from, running, from out. running out no i didn't realize we were going to be doing like life pro tips oh you ju- well you just hide its trainers Oh god.
0: You know like trainers, like geez. No, I
1: I I I, I, I am, That's just something I am sure. very, very aware with what we're going for. Jokes here. are back. Yeah, you know what? I I'll allow it because I feel like you've you've held back the past couple episodes. Sure, sure, sure. So I'll let this go. We're gonna have a good goddamn journey. Every, every, you know they always say everything in moderation. Yeah. Even less.
0: They do right. What's less than moderate? <laughs> no, not at yeah.
1: all. Yeah, C- coming from the two of us, we we our entire show is all based on a lack of moderation. a lack a lack of moderation. Yeah.
0: So let's stick with the
1: theme. All right, jokes every episode. Okay. okay let's get into what, the. What do you got? Let's get into the treehouse. Before we start, um, I actually do have a bit of a party foul. If I can run oh, down. Oh snap! Yeah, I'm gonna run down party foul. <laughs> I think it's a minor one. Um, but it is one. So uh last episode, two episodes ago? Whenever we had um Lone Eagle. a uh, last episode. It was last episode. Okay. Um, I had inadvertently said that it was uh oh. rude in Fleming, New Jersey. Oh, I saw uh, what I thought you'd say. Oh, do you have another party found?
0: No, I thought you were gonna reference the uh
1: the Boys in Oh, no, I think the, we, we, we covered that. Yeah, we covered that live. Oh, they're uh, not in Fleming. It's Flemington. Flemington. So I do want to make sure that I at least make that note. You know what's funny is when you said it, I was in my head. I'm like, I
0: think it's Flemington. And I didn't say anything because I didn't want to have to party foul myself. I was oh, like, oh, he's probably yeah, right. Yeah, you know what, you know know what gonna,
1: it is? I'm not going to call him out. Again, one of my, my, my best friends from work. And just, uh, again, one of my close friends to begin with. Uh, last name. Is Fleming, so I think I'm just used to sure. using uh, Fleming instead of Flemington. A ton of phlegm. A t- um, sounds like a not good time. No, not
0: at all. No, I'm not going to go into mucus uh, facts. That's not this episode. Insane in the mucus. So, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Sorbet King. So uh, you're not very familiar with Treehouse. No, not at all. Okay, so Treehouse,
1: not, un- not unless it's the Magic Treehouse, right?
0: Treehouse, <laughs> Magic School Bus. Ooh. Treehouse has their flagship beer. It's called Julius, and it's the, one of the ones that they're most well-known for. Very, very drinkable, very, very flavorful IPA. Mm-hmm. King Julius is like a supercharged version of that. So what we have here is the King Julius base recipe, oh. but then it's infused with high-quality guava powder and guava puree.
1: High-quality guava powder.
0: Yeah. So if you've been following along, you know about the inside joke that we have about guava is that Nick had I never really had I have had no it. idea, actually, what guava tastes like. So we always talk about, you know, like,
1: oh, what can, lovely guava flavor Ooh, this, in this. This guava is really coming through yeah. strong on this one. So today we're actually going to... Now we're going to find out. Now I'm in it. I'm ready for it. I can do it. I'm excited to get my guava on. Let's do it. On that note.
0: And also, let's get into the question. Yeah, what do you got? This one's... Um, this is a silly one, but uh, which, which pencil sharpener would you say is more satisfying, the manual one or the electric one? Ooh. Hoo, 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 hoo. Because I feel like I know what my answer is. and I feel like it might be your answer too.
1: It is the manual because I feel like I have more control over it. I also don't like a particularly sharp amazing. I don't like a very, very sharp pointed pencil. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like a I like a good manual I like a good manual one.
0: You're right. More control.
1: More control. Sure. I find there's something almost artistic about the process, whether it's a big one or a little one or the 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 good old fashioned hand mounted. Oh, that that's the one to have I, the that's what I'm thinking the, about. Yeah. Oh, those are great. You can't go wrong with those. And I think, thank you. You're welcome. And I think those are the pencil sharpeners that have solidified, not like there needs to be a debate to begin with, but the reason why the Ticonderoga number two pencil is the greatest pencil of all time. It's, I mean, it is the standard it's the only one there should be. It sharpens the best in those. You don't get the, like, the I guess I never, you're, you're absolutely right. Ends. Like it's just smooth. Yep. When my, when my aunt had, uh, retired from teaching, uh, in Queens, you know, she had accumulated office supplies and school supplies over the years. So she had reached out to all of us and was like, Hey, is there anything that like anybody like needs or anything? Um, and, you know, I'm big into my crosswords. So I said, I was like, ampatry if you have any Dixon Ticonderoga number twos lying around, like, that would be great. Yes, please. There is a photo of me with, like, three boxes of these fresh Ticonderoga pencils. And I'm so elated and so happy that I have them. They're part of my, like, treasured, treasured items at this point. It really is the simple things, isn't it? I'm not a very complicated man.
0: I don't want to get too far into this, but the number two, is that in reference to the softness of the lead or the the writing? I
1: believe it actually has to do with the size. Oh, the diameter of the pencil? Correct. Because I know that like a number one pencil is actually larger. That makes sense. It's like gauges, you know, like how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I believe it, it goes like that. Stay tuned, you'll have another party foul, I'm sure Probably. coming up as a re- uh, as a response to that. Probably.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm going with the same thing manual. I yeah, I also the crank.
1: Because you can feel when it's ready with a with a an electric one. I mean, something. I haven't done it in a long time.
0: The last time I sharpened a pencil, I mean well over twenty years ago.
1: I've got the I've got like the hand based one Actually, interestingly enough. A little D- turn. Yeah, Danny had given me one that actually looks like a um uh, almost like an old oil can. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was a lighter at first and then it uh turned out to be a pencil sharpener. Just as useful for you. Yeah, I, listen. You know me, sharpening pencils, lighting things on fire, you know. The, sure? Of course. It's the finer things in life. Me in a nutshell. Exactly. Just nothing but gra- graphite and arson. Wouldn't want to see you out of <laughs> a nutshell. <laughs> I
0: no, don't, don't I don't know <laughs> if you can smell it or have smelled this yet, but I mean, good god. Does it Smell. Okay, so it smells like Galaxy Hop beers, which makes sense because Galaxy Hop beers have guava
1: notes. It does. I was going to say. So now I think I'm starting to to at least be able to identify the smell properly. Do you remember we had Space Diamonds? Yes. Smells like
0: Space Diamonds, right? It does. All Galaxy beer. Huh. So uh, as a result, all guava. We're getting guava notes.
1: We're getting guava notes.
0: Before we get into it, because I I know for a fact I'm going to suck this thing down, I'm going to read the can. So again, this is Sorbet King. It's a double IPA. I assume double dry hop. It's got to be. Um, 8.4% by volume. Oh, okay. So it, it's up there. Um, Sorbet King is, like I said, a rendition of King Julius featuring the basic, um, you know, beer ingredients, water, malt, hops, and yeast, and a blend of dried guava powder and fr- fresh guava puree. Hmm. This high quality guava powder imparts potent notes of ripe guava and tropical fruit, which serve to simplify the immensely fruity qualities of the base beer. Though smothered in juice-like qualities, it retains a fluffy texture and
1: oily hoppiness that is sure to delight your palate. I'm here for it. I'm into it. There was no mention, again, of copious. So I will take it. There was not. I will take it. Fair enough. I am super excited for this.
0: Cheers, sir. This reminds me
1: of Get Pitted, except guava and not peach. I don't know if I've got the mouthfeel is nice. I don't know if my tongue might be coated. Something tastes a little it, funky. It, it did say oily. I think that's what it is.
0: So there's a very prevalent like dankness. Yeah. And and also
1: like pine on the back. Yeah. Oh, that's like spot spot on and and yeah, like needly Time. yeah very very piney I'm not sure how I feel about oh, this I think
0: it's it's taking me a second to like process it because the guava is and it, it not like overly sweet but like smacks you in the face as soon as you drink it and then on the finish it is very dry but also very bitter
1: yeah yeah I'm actually I'm, I'm gonna have to go in for another one because uh, I'm a little confused to be perfectly honest with you nothing is is jumping out At me, but at the same time, there's a lot happening. I think it takes a couple sips. I'm very excited to try another treehouse beer. Okay. Okay. So there's... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so now on this second sip... More smooth, less bitter. Yeah. More guava. I'm getting a lot more flavor on kind of the the, the front sides of my tongue. A little bit more of that guava... And that dry guava uh, powder in particular. Like, I don't think it's from the puree necessarily. It makes it intense. The concentrated
0: guava makes it really intense.
1: I'm not sure how I feel about the nature of kind of the
0: oily... The finish, yeah. Yeah. It's, It's different. It's something not like we've had,
1: you know what it reminds me of when we did our episode, uh, I believe it was episode, uh, 20, uh, with N martinis. It reminds me of when I unfortunately had the, Oh yeah. I remember stuff with, with the oil and oil. It. Yeah. Like, and as a result, it's not, there's a very hmm. prominent
0: bitterness that I don't mind, but I didn't expect.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. I, I was expecting for it to be much sweeter. Um, However, you're right it isn't. It hmm. cuz it's not a sour. It's it's an
0: IPA based formula with puree and guava I powders. think
1: that might be what it is. Also, I'm expecting it to have a little bit of uh, to be tart rather than right. bitter.
0: Right. And it's and it's not a sour IPA either. It's no. just an IPA. Hmm. So this is actually a little different than what we've what we're used to when it comes to this because even Get
1: Pitted Yeah. was a milkshake style IPA. Right. This is fascinating. This is different. It's very smooth. It is. I was going to say the mouthfeel is very, very nice. You know, there's, there's, and that's part of it as well. I would assume that a beer of this bitterness would be much more, would be much lighter. Like it, uh, in that, it wouldn't have as pleasurable or as soft, I guess, of yeah. a feel to it.
0: I th- you're right. It, it And it says it right on the can. The oily hoppiness is like it's there. And you're right. At first I was like, what is on my tongue? But it's just the it must be the massive dose of hops that they use in this because K- King Julius is, like I said, a supercharged version of Julius. So, they, you know, they doubled the recipe. I don't know if they doubled it, but they added more in. It takes a couple sips. Yeah, it's really good to
1: to kind of. Yeah, to I don't move know your way into.
0: I don't know my rating yet. I don't know how high I'm going to be, but I enjoy this.
1: I don't know either, and as a result, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait maybe another you know.
0: Let's get into an three overthought. Three to five minutes. Oh please, let's get into an overthought. What in the got? meantime, this was a, this is a special request because after I said this to Christina, she was like, "That's going to be an overthought, right?" And I was like, "Well, now it is." Bear with me because it's kind of silly. We-
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I I.
0: Okay, Yogi, we have fingertips, but not toe tips. We can tiptoe, but we can't tip finger.
1: Now, now I'm going to counter okay. your last point there.
0: I can put my fingertip on something.
1: When you play basketball, isn't it referred to as the tip. Like when you, when you, the basketball is thrown off, thrown up. It's a, yeah. Yeah. So you, okay. You you can fingertip. Okay. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Although I will give you that. Yeah. You can't.
0: Right. Cause I could put, I could put my fingertips on something, but that doesn't mean I'm like fingertipping, and I could put my, the tips of my toes on something, but But it does not not mean I'm I'm tiptoeing.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go Hmm. Hmm. Right. I. I, Unfortunately, (laughs) my gut is telling me, and I'm I'm, to immediately stop this episode and do (laughs) an unnecessarily long deep dive Um, on toe tips. But on toe, yes, yes. Let me know what you find. (sighs) My toe tips. I, I, hmm, okay. I don't know. Something. It's got to be something that has to be associated with uh, tap dancing, though, no? What do you mean, to tiptoe? Well, no, 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 to, yeah, to to toe tip. Well, no, we tiptoe. We tiptoe, but do you think there's... we don't tip finger. But we don't
0: tip finger. And we have fingertips, but not toe tips. Oh, God. I think I just had an aneurysm. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. I don't know what just happened. Smelling burning toast. That'd be the sound of your brain hemorrhaging. Wow. Huh. (laughs) I love... When you said this to Christina, I imagine that her response being, this is going to be an overthought, isn't it, (laughs) was mildly out of contempt. Like, I'm imagining her going, this is going to be an overthought, isn't it?
0: I think she just looked at me and was like, why am I marrying this man? Just acknowledge
1: it, Christina. <laughs> just acknowledge it and he'll go away. Just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're uh, right. I can't wait That's, to go on my bachelor party. You're, you're right, sweetheart. <laughs> Future husband.
0: That she might say, <laughs> but also maybe not mean it in this case. Who knows? But anyway, that, you know, part, <gasps> of, part of my brain. and My rock. <laughs> yes. She left me. She's in, uh, she's in Scottsdale.
1: That baby left me through left Arizona. Me. Yep. Oh, that's all right. She'll be back. She'll be back. As long as they're buying round trip. <laughs> that's true. That's all that matters. That's true. Actually, I have to pick her and my sister up
0: uh, Tuesday morning at like 530 in the morning. Ew. Yeah, that sounds terrible. There's and then one, go to
1: work. One of the joys of living right by the train, my friend. Actually, I only live like 15 minutes away from Newark Airport. Is there an easy... Is there a train that goes directly to... No, but we, we live really close Oh, oh I don't. Right. there might be I actually don't Because really that's what I do that I never is...
0: even I haven't even taken the train one time Since I moved
1: to. Oh, really? Green, yeah. Oh, I was going to say Yeah, I take the train all the time Up to uh, uh to the airport Super, super easy Oh, uh, You have to transfer? No Well, I mean If I take it from Allenhurst I got to transfer in Long Branch But like it's two stops That's it? Yeah. Oh, so it takes you from
0: Oh, yeah Newark
1: Airport Yeah Oh, yeah Now approaching No, I, I would have to transfer Newark Liberty International Airport Yep I would have to transfer Oh, yeah. I would have to go to Secaucus and transfer. Oh, all right. That's not terrible. No. All right. You know, no one knows anything unless you're from the area. So if you just sat through all that, now you'll know how to get. Welcome uh, to Jersey. Yeah. Now you'll know how to get to the airport on either the uh, uh, New Jersey coastline train or what are you on? Um,
0: That's a fantastic
1: question. I have no idea. Oh, I think you're on the Raritan Valley line. I don't know. Okay. That's where I went to elementary school. That is, that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh, look at that. Stupid New Jersey.
0: Okay, so anyway, do you know what a laptop's favorite snack is?
1: It's so easy. A laptop's favorite snack? Oh, God. So distressed. First, at first, I thought that was the answer. Um distressed. And then uh, you were like, so distressed. I was like, soda what? I don't know. Computer chips. Oh, Damn it! Oh, that this was, mother that was a bites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, megabytes. Megabytes. Oh, God. Yeah. I was going for motherboard and uh, no, that was what? that was
0: good. No, if you didn't bring any attention to it, no one would even know. Just take care of it and post. Okay, just take it. We'll take care of it and
1: post. Note this down, Nick. In the future, yeah. <gasps> oh. Get one of the interns to take care of it. So you know what? It has now that we've sat a little bit, grown on me a now, little bit. Yeah, now that it's become almost a uh, background, if yeah. you will. Yep, it's grown on me. It's nice. It, you really do have to get past those first couple of sips though to get used to I think the you almost need like the oil to like coat your tongue kind of. And then as a result you can start to experience more of the uh, the guava flavors and some of the guava complexities and whatnot. It's re- the guava is very nice on the front. I will say that I
0: like bitter things more than you do. Yeah. And this might even be teetering on too bitter. And only be- I think only because it's on the end. If it was in the front a little bit more, you know, more dispersed throughout the flavor. Yeah. I feel like it would be more palatable. And not
1: that this this isn't good, but it's just just too bitter. When it is that bitter on the back, that, unfortunately, is what is going to linger as well. Right. I'm going... I think it's good. I'm going to throw a number. I'm going to go with a 355. Okay. Three, five, five, three, six. Reason being, as a millennial, I expect instant gratification. So I feel like the fact that I had to kind of sit for a little bit, you know, upset me Mm -hmm. just a little bit. Um, However. Accessibility. I want it. I want it now. I want a golden goose now. (laughs)
0: the snozzberries taste like snozzberries real thing by the way
1: sidebar my favorite quote and my favorite i won't say character overall but my favorite quote
0: violet you're turning violet violet is that
1: no it is actually veruca salt's mother she only has one line and it's when veruca is going on and on about before she finds the golden ticket And her father turns around and just goes, you know, Veruca, the girls haven't shelled a nut in days. (laughs) And the mother is sitting there doing cross stitching and she doesn't look up. She doesn't look up and just goes, you're going to be very unhappy around here. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be very unpopular around here, Henry. And I don't know why, but I always think I that is the that. funniest line that there You're is. You're right; it's so subtle. Like I forgot You're about be that. Very popular around here, anyway. <laughs> a nut in days. I haven't shelled the girls. I haven't shelled a nut in days. What a great movie. Anywho, however, the the uniqueness that they have managed to achieve that is within this beer is the redeeming. Feature for it, I think that if I wasn't as impressed by the complexities, we would probably be looking, at least again Low. for me, somewhere probably closer to maybe a three one. Mm. Um, so that's why I uh, yeah I'm gonna go three five five three six. I hate to trash treehouse on the first beer, but I think that if it,
0: I think it if there was something else other than guava like guava and like pineapple puree and guava powder yeah yeah or like something like that so what
1: are you gonna throw on it you think
0: it has gotten better since we've drank it Mm -hmm. and i love just a
1: note as well i do love the can art
0: yeah we didn't talk about the can so it's the sorbet king holding a uh holding a
1: half a guava i imagine him being like a brutal brutal ruler Really? Because he looks like a nice guy. No, I know, but that's the whole thing. And
0: also, he looks like he could be half in the bag in this picture.
1: He does. He, oh, yeah, he kind of actually looks like a little swarthy. Like, he's the the type of person to be like, Oh, we're alone now. He's giving me the drunk guys. He yeah. definitely is. He's yeah. like, oh. Looks like it's just you and I. You happen
0: to find me with this guava half in my hand. Oh,
1: how embarrassing for you to have <laughs> found me with this guava.
0: Hopefully, I don't lose half of anything else. Oops. Okay, I'm going to say three, eight, nine. I feel like... You weren't even convinced by that. Yeah. You know, I, I okay, so I looked at the can date and I had a thought. Mm-hmm. It was canned fairly recently. Okay. Only on the 1st of February. Okay. It's about two. So maybe, maybe it's not out. long enough in, in the can. You know, I talked about it with triple IPAs, and I, I really do think that holds true. But, like, maybe another week or two in the can... All we'll, right. Would we'll do this beer some good and, and give us more of what we want.
1: Okay. Well, luckily, I believe that there is a second one floating around. So if anything, you'll have to uh, you know report back to us then. We'll do. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. Sounds good. So we got into computers. I've never... This this was a, a a topic that you had suggested that, to be honest with you, frightened me at first. Did it? Due to the vastness, due to the complexity sometimes of computers in general yeah you know at this point maybe we take a lot of computerizing you know for granted i mean i don't sure. know about you but i can think do at least i think to my dad's you know uh, my dad's work i i grew up with a computer i always we as far as back as i can remember always had a computer at yep. le- even like the old like dos and whatnot um but yeah, so it still kind of frightened me about the idea of like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Because I, do I, do I even venture back to, you know, the fifties and sixties and kind of the development and whatnot. So yeah, it was a bit of an undertaking. Year. I kept it very,
0: I, I got really into supercomputers after,
1: oh. after I wrote about this,
0: uh, after we did this
1: show doc, are you going to go ahead and start building your own computers? You gonna be one of those guys
0: um so i have friends that are actually very capable of yeah. doing that and like they all laugh at me because you know they, they know i'm a big gamer yeah and especially like rocket league i play a lot and it's much more smooth on a computer you know more frames per second whatever so they're always like hey man you know just if you buy the parts i'll make it for you you know we, we know we got to get you on
1: computer just get a pc i mean you know as someone and we'll we'll dive into this definitely a little bit you know me i'm not much of a gamer I shouldn't even say not much. I'm not. But I always, always loved PC games. Big, Some of the best ones. Big, big, big PC gamer, comparatively speaking.
0: Backyard Baseball. Oh, right. we've. Rollercoaster Tycoon. Age of Empires, which was a good one. I don't know if you played that one, Doom. but that was a good one. The, like, I never played
1: Doom. You never played Doom? Not even on the console. I consoles. played Doom originally. Damn, on... no, I never did. Oh, yeah.
0: I was a big StarCraft guy. Okay, you play Starcraft. No, that, that one that I game, never did. It's like a virtual chess match, but you're like building civilizations, and you have to like scout out your enemy. Oh, they're actually really fun to watch. They're like when you have like a commentator, and you can see both, um, you know, both goings on at the same time. It's really fun to watch. Everything almost came crashing down in 1999.
1: Do you remember Y2K?
0: Yeah, I do. You know what's funny is I was, I was going to do a whole thing about this and forgot. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm glad you
1: did it. That's what I started off with. And interestingly that's enough, great. I have been watching the college national championships on Jeopardy and Y2K happened to be an answer uh, oh, really? last night. So I felt like this This Y2K. What a joke. I was also, and I'll, and I'll take up this gripe later, uh, but they were doing a question on, I think it had to do with like European history. And this student, you know, this competitor was doing a really, really good job, you know, kind of some like particularly obscure, you know, uh, pieces of knowledge in European history. And the one that they didn't get, I was infuriated by. I will discuss it at a later date. I'll hold on. I'll discuss it okay. with you, if anything, off, uh, off camera okay. anything as well. So for those of you guys that don't know, perhaps you're part of the younger portion. of the There may be generation. many of you. We don't know. There might be. Let us know. Hit us up on the socials. You heard them already. We want to the hear, beginning. We know how old you are. <laughs> That's not creepy. We want to know. Yeah. yeah. ASL. Um, <laughs> so Y2K refers to a potential um, computer errors due to formatting and storage data for dates in and after the year 2000.
0: Right. So essentially, like in 1999, for some reason, there was a big panic that when the computers changed over the date in the coming year everyone was worried that the
1: computer would start at zero. Correct. Now, and here's the reason why. So computers had their four-digit years represented by only the last two digits. So the fear, like you said, that uh, that when the new year began, there would be no distinction between the year, specifically 2000 and 1900. Right. Do you know how this came about, though? No. Okay, so prior to the year 1931, the year was always written out in full 1929 mm-hmm. 1920 you know the whole nine yards it became more fashionable or accepted to only note the last two digits of the year because the number could never be mistaken for the day or the month that's fair right i said the same thing cuz at first i was like i don't i don't get it like what why and that totally makes sense. There aren't 32 days in any one month, right? So leading up to the year 2000, countries and companies they were kind of aware of it, where they, they were aware, you know. Um, however, there was still a prediction that any sort of glitch in computer systems uh, worldwide could result in anywhere between 400 billion and 600 billion dollars in damages. That was the fear. concerns however as is so often the case as we live through uh you know climate crisis right now i'll say it it is what it is if you don't like it find another goddamn beer podcast (laughs) so or or don't or stay tuned i guess sorry you you know you you can go anywhere else but you're never gonna get what you want exactly exactly and you're gonna get you're gonna or you're gonna get what you want but it's gonna be lies um so naturally concerns arose long before the year 2000 or leading up to the year 2000. Um, The most attention was actually drawn when a gentleman by the name of uh, Peter DeJager wrote an article for Computer World called Doomsday 2000. And that was really what put this kind of like on the map. And this was roughly in the early to mid 90s. People started paying attention. Oh, wow. uh, Quite some time before the new year. However, even before that, The alarm was first raised in 1958 by a gentleman by the name of uh, Bob Bemer. So he had worked for IBM, um, and he alerted the company about this potential issue. He alerted the U.S. government about this issue, and he had notified the International Organization for Standardization. So I guess there is some sort of governing body that yeah. no one really gave any attention to it. So the panic was primarily, you know, obviously everything in retrospect, like it was really fueled by the media uh, and conspiracy more than anything else. Of course. So relatively few incidents actually occurred once the year 2000 began. So in, for example, uh, Anangawa, Japan, an alarm had sounded at a nuclear power plant uh, two minutes before midnight. Uh, In the U.S., a ground control system processing information from, an unspecified number of, like, uh, space, I'm sorry, uh, spy satellites had, like, gone offline. Oh, that's a big deal. It it was, but they had a contingency plan in place and everything was up and running. In Delaware, 150 Racino uh, slot machines stopped working. Like, little things like that. Perhaps the most egregious, though, um, was in Sheffield in England. So a bug had caused, and this is this is really unfortunate a bug had caused a miscalculation of mothers ages and their risk levels of their babies being born with down syndrome so they had you know this is something that and again i don't have a you know a wife or children so i don't know this but evidently there is i guess a um tests that are conducted for um because i believe if i'm not mistaken again the chances of a child being born with Down syndrome increase with age. So uh, there was a miscalculation then about the mother's age in relation to, uh, again, their children potentially being born with Down syndrome, and it was sent out to 154 pregnant women. As a result of that, uh, that miscalculation and that information, two abortions had been carried out and four babies were born with Down syndrome to mothers who had previously been told that their risk level was very low. So there was, you know, some unfortunate, you know, uh, outcomes. However, overall, most countries and companies didn't have an issue uh, due to early intervention. Uh, Worldwide at the time, they had spent roughly $300 billion to prevent any issues. The US, wow, yeah, the U.S had spent uh, about 134 million dollars leading up to Y2K and then an additional uh, 13 billion afterwards. But the best part is, and, and I think, some countries didn't do anything at all. South Korea and Italy pretty much didn't do anything, and they experienced really the same minimal issues as any other country did. So Y2K. see, prepare. If you're prepared, you're gonna be fine. As a former disgraced Boy Scout, always be prepared is the Boy Scouts' motto. Motto it, that makes sense. I I vividly remember
0: Y two K being a real mm-hmm. concern. I do for too. Everyone I like do too. Every, and like looking back, like sure it would have caused a lot of issues,
1: but would it have caused a lot of issues for like us? So I I think you know at least. You know, based on, and basically, uh, again, every almost everything I have is from, you know, uh, Wikipedia, um, particularly because of, again, how in-depth a lot of this subject is. Um So it really does seem, to your point, because of preparation, that there wasn't, because there was a lot of genuine concern about, quite literally, you know, and again, for those folks that are maybe too young, or for those folks that forgot, like, There was concerns about like planes falling out of the sky about, you know, uh, again, entire like electric grids and banking systems being inoperable. So like there was a that's a concern there. Yeah, there was a real, real genuine concern. We say on the eve of potential, you know, cyber attacks (laughs) yet again in in 2022.
0: By the way, if she don't know about Y2K, she's too young for you, bro.
1: A- Man, just saying. Say, same thing if he don't know about it either. He's too young for you, chick. <laughs> Sis.
0: All people, listen, just... Eh. If they do don't mean, know about Y2K, disassociate yourself with it. What do them. you mean you don't do it? Everybody does it. We all love to do it. Did you d- do any research? I don't know if you did because I didn't know this term before I started to. Uh, it's a unit of measurement called petaflops.
1: No, but that's so funny. Okay, why? I just think petaflops. You like that word, petaflop? Well, peta... N- Concerned, but flops makes it kind of funny then. <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough. Actually, that's it's an acronym. It stands for um, floating. I have it here. I'm gonna find it anyway. Petaflops are a unit of measurement to essentially tell you how fast or how many processes a computer can handle at one time. Oh, so what I did was I dove super deep into supercomputers because they they really fascinate me.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So yeah. a,
0: a petaflop can be expressed as one quadrillion. How many zeros is that? It's a thousand trillion. So a million is, oh,
1: yeah. Okay, Th- forget I asked. Yeah, Good it's, Lord. it's
0: quite a bit. So a million is six, a billion is nine. So it's got to be 15. 15 zeros for quadrillion. Okay. Right, that makes sense? It sounds like it makes sense. All right. Yeah, we'll stick with it. So this can be expressed as one quadrillion or a thousand trillion. For reference, there are, and I needed to do this math because I was curious. There are 10,000, 100,000s in a billion. There are 10,000.
1: 100,000s. 100,000s in in a billion. billion.
0: Okay. Right? And there are a thousand trillions in a quadrillion. Okay. So we're talking about a number that like we really, for all intents and purposes, can't grasp. No. We will never know anything to be this amount of of data or of whatever. Yeah. Like, this is, this is too high of a number to even pinpoint anywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. IBM's Roadrunner. This was the name of a, a supercomputer. Yeah. In 2008, and this is the only article I could find about it because I guess after 2008, it kind of became obsolete. Mm-hmm. But IBM's Roadrunner broke the petaflop barrier so until up until 2008 no supercomputer had even touched that amount of processes they're called i'm pretty sure they're called
1: floating point processes or floating memory processes something like that now just to just to clarify if i if or potentially Mm -hmm. when you say processes we're talking about again very much in the same sort of way that like Right now, in our brains, we've got synapses that are currently like firing and connecting and things on those lines. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. just wanted to just wanted to make sure it wasn't a matter of like, I'm downloading a song and I'm also going ahead and you know typing up a paper.
0: It's more than that. Okay. Yeah, it's more than that. They they refer to them as floating points. So I I, I honestly didn't get into that, and I, I wish I had it written down. I thought I wrote it down, but anyway, the IBM's Roadrunner clocked in at 1.105 petaflops. Oh. So just barely ahead of it was called the Craze Jaguar supercomputer at 1.059. At the time, breaking the petaflop barrier was expected to have profound and incredibly far-reaching effects on science as we know it. So some of the things that this new, you know, this new um, unit of measurement allows us to do these this amount of processes. Some of these things were. Computer-based drug design. Oh. Yep. Astrophysical simulation, the modeling of environmental pollution and the study of long-term climate change. So all things. Oh, that, wow. All things that we have been taken care of. Wow, right? that's fascinating. So supercomputers refer to computers that go above and beyond ordinary desktop computers, and I mean like the the complex calculations that they can do far exceed this. So as I said before, they're called floating point operations per second. That's what a flop stands for. Floating, floating point operation per second. Okay. They're measured in quadrillions. Mm-hmm. So for reference, your basic laptop and desktop only ranges to tens of teraflops. Only tens? Tens of teraflops. Okay. There's, so terra is three, I think, right? Correct. So thousands of... Oh, no. There's a thousand uh, teraflops. Three is tetra. Tetra. Okay. I don't know. Okay, but anyway, it's not nearly as much, is what I'm getting at. Like the supercomputers, far and away are are amazing. Yeah. For for what they're used for. The one now currently ranking as number one fastest supercomputer in the world, it's called the Japanese Fugaku. Ooh. Okay. So I said before, the Roadrunner was able to break the petaflop barrier, by just barely in yeah. 2008. Right. Okay. This $1 billion monster supercomputer oh God. contains 7,630,848 computer cores to power it. Yeah. Okay. It consumes 29,899 kilowatts of energy, which I, I did a little digging because that didn't mean anything to me. So I'll tell you in a second what, what that means. Yeah. But their petaflop performance Four hundred and forty-two thousand and ten
1: petaflops. It's funny because the whole thing that's been kind of like sitting in the back of my head so uh, thus far is when you had mentioned the year two thousand eight, and for folks you know of a certain age or or even older, like two thousand eight doesn't feel like a terribly long time ago. Twelve years is a is a decent. And it's, not, it's sorry, really 40, not that long. Fourteen ago. years ago. Yeah, it's not even it, that long ago. No, exactly. But I guess I was expecting. <clears throat> Not expecting, but I was waiting for you to get to like where we are now and just throughout, and, and I think I want this to be maybe a little bit of a, a, bank, a blanket statement, despite I think some of the doom and gloom that we may realize or think that we're experiencing on a daily basis, like humanity and and humankind. Like this is the kind of shit that gives me so much hope. Yeah, realistically for the future. I like, see what you're saying. We've have, we've
0: have come exponentially further than we have in the last 14 years than we did in the previous 50, all the years, 75 years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it, so the fogaku clocks in at 442,000 petaflops. Wow. Okay. So I said I talked to you about the kilowatts, 29,899 kilowatts. Yeah. It means nothing to me. So I needed to do a little digging and comparing and whatever. So, kilowatts are usually expressed in kilowatt hours. It's a form of energy consumption. It's on your meter right now. Yeah. That's how they measure how much you pay for your electric bill, right? One kilowatt hour is the ability for something or someone to sustain a 1,000 watts of energy for an hour. Okay. Kilojoules are also the same measurement. So, one kilowatt hour is equal to 3,600 kilojoules. Same thing. Okay. Okay. In most countries... On nutritional labels, I didn't know this, but calories or energy is represented in kilojoules.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think if you've ever been on a stationary bike or on a stationary like believe, I've seen them there mill, too. Yep. Yeah, it usually has all of a sudden like your uh, the amount of like watts that you are actively producing, so mm-hmm. that 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 tracks. Okay, so here's
0: some comparisons. One square meter of Earth receives 1.4 kilojoules of solar radiation every second. In full daylight wow okay Whoa. a human in sprint has about three kilojoules of kinetic energy and a cheetah at a 70 mile per hour sprint has roughly 3600 kilojoules uh wait is that right no hold on lost my spot
1: dude 20 kilojoules I'm sorry okay 70 that-
0: mile per hour sprinting cheetah has about 20
1: kilojoules of energy so you're talking Thousands and thousands of cheetahs. Right. So I did. I did
0: a little basic math.
1: Yeah. Twenty nine thousand eight
0: hundred ninety nine kilowatts multiplied by thirty six hundred kilojoules. Yeah. Would give you one hundred and seven million six hundred thirty six thousand four hundred kilojoules.
1: Holy shit! Oh my so god. So this
0: computer, not only massive, but sucking up so much power. What is it actively? doing?
1: doing and i'm sorry if i'm getting ahead of you that's okay
0: no no you're you're actually right on cue um so believe it or not you know it sounds like a lot of power but this is actually a lower power consumption than its predecessor and not it was not a japanese computer it's called the k computer i believe it was a u.s computer okay and that sounds
1: actually vaguely familiar yeah i feel like i thought the same thing when i read about it i think we discussed this if i'm not mistaken when we were talking about magnets the k computer i want to say so We'll have to go back and listen. Okay. Okay. So that computer,
0: like let's just say arbitrary number, the Fugaku is 100 times more powerful than this than the K computer. And the Fugaku only puts out like X amount, but it's actually like ratio-wise, if you, if you scaled up the K computer, it would surpass the Fugaku in power consumption.
1: So that's, again, I guess that's also like a, a beautiful sign of almost like progress. Right.
0: It's relatively low compared to other things that could potentially be that. Power, yeah. yeah, yeah although yeah. it's the only one right now. Huh. Okay, so here are some social and scientific issues that the Fugaku can help with. I found these very interesting. Innovative drug discovery, which I went into, you know, with with the first one when yeah. when supercomputers really broke the petaflop. Um, innovative drug discovery infrastructure through functional control of biomolecular systems.
1: Oh my goodness! I
0: know it's a mouthful. It is, but I feel like it does make sense so in in layman's terms new and exciting drug makeup that plays well within the tiny ecosystem of your body oh that's fascinating essentially. like yeah they can change the molecular structure of drugs so they don't act negatively is what it sounds like to me huh. um, there's also advancement of meteorologic, meteorological and environmental global predictions oh, i love it yep all things that are great for Everyone. Yeah. Development of new fundamental technologies for high efficiency energy creation, storage, and use. That, I mean, got me right there. And then this was the big one actually for me clarification of the fundamental laws and evolution of the universe.
1: Wow. Wow. It's, this is again one of those times where, where you know, or highlight, I think, a little bit of the change of, you know, like, oh, it's a computer nerd. It you know oh you like computers that's so nerdy but like these are the folks and these are the systems and processes that are benefiting like you said every single living organism on this planet. Yep,
0: it's a you're right. It's a sign of progress, and it's very practical. Like it's not you know not being used for malintent.
1: Right, right, right. right. This isn't this is an example of uh, of you know billionaires flying, you know, uh, going right. ahead and orbiting Putting themselves in, in a penis uh, rocket. Yeah. And, and going into space, but some of them also like not sparse. Yeah. You know, right. And then doing right. that.
0: Wow. So just, just one little note that I thought was really interesting, but there's no evidence behind it. Um, earlier this year, or maybe it was last year, the article was from 2020 China unveiled two new supercomputers that are thought to work in the realm of a thousand teraflops. So it would blow away the Fugaku And it's thought that they're operated in secret right now.
1: Again, if I'm not mistaken, I'm almost 100% sure now that you mentioned that I think some aspect of it may have come up during during magnets, potentially. Okay.
0: Oh, that is brilliant. So yeah, so that was the Fugaku. I thought that was really cool. And I have a seriously new appreciation for supercomputers.
1: Entirely, entirely. Because I think that the term is also one of those that we probably, like you said, we, we can't necessarily like wrap our brains around We're right like, we just toss it around every like computer we, is a supercomputer right like we like, know it's
0: powerful we know you know we know what computers do but this is really this is different to
1: know what it actually is doing or some of these are actually doing i think it's it's beautiful
0: the way they describe it is all these little millions of floating points of data allow the much more complex simulations to be processed and more variables are able to be added in. So there's more control and there's also more
1: possibilities. I love it. Yeah, I'm here for all of it. Really cool. I I went into then, uh, you know, perhaps uh, more tangible uh, aspects than uh, for computers. All right, I'm listening. Uh, and I went for, and uh, we kind of discussed this a little bit earlier, but again, I went for uh, the best PC games of all time, according to Nick Messina. Love this. I've got two in particular. You mentioned one of them before. Backyard Baseball? No. Uh, roller coaster tycoon, roller coaster tycoon, fantastic game. It is a construction for those of you guys that are not familiar necessarily. It is a a construction and management game that is themed around theme parks, amusement parks. Exactly. It is a I again great game, great game. So it was developed uh, by Chris Sawyer, who is a Scottish game developer. Um, uh, who at first developed a game known as transport tycoon in 1994 which i hadn't been aware of nope so as a result of like making some profits you know from that transport tycoon he had been asked to go ahead and kind of put together a bit of a sequel um and he started to kind of like travel then as a result throughout the uk and throughout the us and when he was he was going to amusement parks and that's part of where Roller coaster tycoon had kind of come about nice, you know? Um, so the game was developed over the course of two years uh, during which uh, Sawyer had written all of the code um, and then play tested the game with friends and family. Um, so for the game, he received about $30 million in royalties. Wow. The game was released uh, for the first time on March 22nd, 1999 and nearly a year later then, on your birthday, on January 18th of 2000, it was announced that it was the best-selling PC game of 1999. Nice. There were two sequels to the game, um, the last of which which was published by Atari, uh, in fact. And so what wound up happening uh, then was that in 2005, uh, actually, um, Sawyer sued Atari uh, for uh apparently not paying royalties and then the company sued him in return in 2007 so as a result of this and they like settled out of court or whatever so as a result of this he actually took like a step away from the industry uh for a period of time um and particularly it was because of that and the growing number of violent pc games like he didn't like violent pc sure. games at all um He eventually came back and now he's doing quite a bit of work with like mobile games and mobile applications and whatnot. And did you play roller coaster Tycoon at all? Did I? For for days on end, what felt like. Days, hours. It is such a pleasing and enjoyable game. And I don't know if you remember this, but I had written this down. Try me. The best part. You remember that there were obviously guests in the park. I know exactly what you're going to say. What, are you gonna, what am I going to say? Go ahead and say it. No,
0: let me say. You're you going to talk about when you put the guests on a plot of land?
1: No. You, oh. I, you're going for something sadistic, aren't yep. you? No, no. Okay. I wasn't going to go for that. Go ahead. So uh, I don't know if it was in the first. I don't know if it was in the original one or at least in the second one. But you could name the guests. Yeah, you can. And if yeah. you renamed one of the guests Chris Sawyer and the developer of the game that character would stop every once in a while pull out a camera and take a picture of the amusement parks so really like of the yeah it would take a picture oh, that's so random I, that I is really cool thought that was great that's a cool little building the second <laughs> greatest game of all time according, according to, to you messina what do you think
0: did we talk about it before?
1: We we hadn't. There Man, is someone. There is someone games. right now that is screaming. Probably at their at their speaker going. I feel like
0: I didn't play it because I can't name it, but that might not be true. Tell me.
1: It's The Sims.
0: Oh, okay. See, I don't. All right. So you're right, but by the time I got to The Sims, yeah, it was already on console. Oh, okay. I, I forget that The Sims started on PC, but that makes sense. Oh, I. Was that's another great one.
1: The biggest. It's so fun. Biggest fan of The Sims. Because it's like you know, you just your life, but you have control over it. Exactly. It's it's. I mean, so in that, it is described as a strategic life simulation game. Right. Essentially, you play God, which that's what isn't
0: that what we want? Isn't that what everyone wants?
1: Absolutely. So it was uh, first released, actually, uh, a year after Roller Coaster Tycoon. It was released in the year oh, uh, 2000. Um, Damn, what a, what a golden age. What a beautiful... And this is really, again, when computers you know really became almost you know quite paramount in people's lives. Right. They had the, the personal computer. Every household, yeah. So it was developed by a guy by the name of uh, Will Wright um, as a follow-up to his... Ear- oh, my God as a follow-up to his earlier series, uh, SimCity. Um, so he had started to develop the game based on a book by Christopher Alexander, um, who had written this architecture book in 1977. Um, and it was an urban design book that had focused more on like the utilization of a home and home space rather than aesthetics. So he really liked that idea. Um, and the development began in 1991, uh, during which, at the same time, Wright had lost his own home during to the Oakland firestorm of 1991. That sounds dangerous. I remember wanting to going to do a deep dive, uh, but then held back because I was like, "The Oakland firestorm." Because firestorm. Is- yeah, because it's a firestorm. Right. Like you know. Also, but- new name for the Washington Commanders. Be- firestorm. Oh my God. I hope you're paying attention <laughs> to the to the to the free advice you're getting here. Somebody get the guy who owns that
0: team on the phone.
1: So the basic play of the game includes uh, the creation of AIs known as Sims, and then they're influenced by the character to play out on their lives. So as a result of this, um, there is really no final objective. So the game right. can go on forever. So as a result, it's actually in certain regards. Um, it's considered to be more of a toy than it oh. is a game okay. in many ways. So, you know, it did. It had won numerous awards, uh, including GameSpot's Game of the Year for 2000. Um, after it was released on February 4th of 2000, it quickly gained attraction, becoming, becoming the um, best-selling game of 2000 end of 2001. Damn. By 2002, it was the best-selling PC game in history at that point, selling 6.3 million copies worldwide. It is still considered to be one of the best-selling games of all time. That's according to, uh, again, the Guinness Book of World Records. For sure, yeah. And the entire game series, because there's The Sims, there's Sims 2, there's Sims Living oh, 4 Vacation. Or five. Oh, they're absolutely, yeah. in so many different variations. At this point, the entire game series has an estimated lifetime sales of over $5 billion. Wow. It is incredible. What a concept, you know? Like... I mean, it's a, it's a, it's such a smart game. It is, there's something again, terribly alluring and interesting and fascinating about it. You know, um, the way that I think like young folks maybe, and I've never played it, but like the way that folks nowadays are kind of attracted to like Minecraft, like the Sims was Minecraft long before Minecraft was a thing. Right. Love it. Love
0: right. it. Speaking of Minecraft, is the highest selling game of all time?
1: Um, I most downloaded ga- game of all time. Something it's along free. those lines. Yeah, I believe it's still free. I want to say that it actually might be the second one. The first one kept coming up as something called um, Worlds Unknown or, or Discoveries Unknown. It was oh. something like that. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, Unknown Planets. PUBG. Or,
0: Player Unknown Battlegrounds? Yes. PUBG. Yes. Yeah. That no, actually Minecraft passed PUBG. Oh, really? Uh yeah, for a little while PUBG was up there. Okay. And Minecraft. Okay, so forever, yeah. Tetris held the record. Yes. Makes sense. One of the oldest games ever. But then when Minecraft came onto the scene, it blew by everything. And oh. I I think, if if I'm not mistaken, either PUBG came first and was at the top and minecraft blew by or minecraft was first and then PUBG came out and PUBG skyrocketed but then minecraft kind of flipped it over and went past anyway
1: all right again buckle up for another party foul just in Seriously. case we'll, well we'll or we'll clarify just we, we, in clarify. Case. we do a good job damn it we do a good job get off damn it
0: i got one more joke what do you got why was the computer late for work Due to high-speed internet traffic. Ooh, that's a that's a good answer, but it, it's just not the way I phrased it. Okay. I said his drive was too crowded. Oh, I like that too. All right. You know what? Hey, hey I'll that's take pretty it. good. I'll take it. Okay. All right. So this is my last thing. I, I took a, an exact 180 from supercomputers, and I wanted to learn about the world's smallest
1: computer. Oh, interesting.
0: So, and this was another one of those that was weird. I can only find... The only articles I could find about this... We're from 2018. So either it hasn't advanced since then or I just wasn't searching. Right. But anyway, the world's smallest computer was created by a team at Michigan State. No, I'm sorry. University of Michigan. Okay. Okay. This tiny, tiny, tiny little computer makes a grain of rice look big. Oh, it's that small. It's um, a tiny square, 0.3 millimeters cubed. Oh my On each side. It's very, very small. It actually has a very interesting use. So it beat out the previous smallest computer. God bless you. Excuse me. By by being a tenth of its size almost. The previous smallest computer was one millimeter cubed. This one's only 0.3. Holy shit. Yeah. So, I mean, super micro. Like grain of sand size. That's what we're talking about here. Actually, there are teams or there are people, even the people that have created this where the word computer is loosely defined because of the way that it operates. So it's a tiny, tiny little piece and it actually has light receptors on it. So it's light powered, but the light comes from the base station. Oh. And what's more interesting about this is that it's a light powered device that we routinely put inside people's bodies. So it goes totally dark once once it's actually put in use. So nobody really knows if this is actually a computer or not. But this is what I found about it. So we use this to this is this is crazy. It can detect temperature changes as little as 0.1 degrees Celsius. Oh, in that's super tiny. In the area of only a few cells in your body. So in a very, very small area and over like a massively, you know, or precise range. So it's actually used for Possibly detecting cancer, because huh. the way they go on to describe it is that tumors or cancer cells are thought to have a different temperature than the other cells in the body. Huh. So it was in 2018, at least anyway, it was thought that they would be able to use this for um, like scans, yeah you know, like put it in someone's body or, or like, what's the word I'm looking for? like um, like you know what a PET scan is?
1: Yeah, 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 kind of, kind of like in that okay. same sense, and, yeah. they, and
0: they put this little thing in people's bodies and detect temperature changes. Huh. So even though the jury is kind of still out on whether or not it's a computer, it still kind of has the basic functions of one because it records data and sends it back to the home base. If we are not living,
1: it's amazing. There's Far more smart-
0: than a ra- a grain of rice, someone had to build that.
1: Yeah, like what do you even like how do you solder tweezers, something like I don't that? Know. Like like very small tweezers. Very 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 tiny tweezers. Like I do not have hands for that kind of work. No, I've got no I'm not I've got these butcher hands too. I've got meaty hands. I, 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 the the size alone is insane
0: of of this device. And then just the way that it the way that it works really blows my mind. Like it the light from the base station powers the
1: unit But then like what happens when the, you know, like, well, yeah, I guess it's one of those things. How do you keep a track of something like that then also like, got me if it's that small. Yeah. I don't like, I lose my keys every now and then. Like I can't imagine having to go ahead and keep a track of something smaller than a grain of rice in and around one of my cells. Right. It's pretty crazy. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that in connection with one of those supercomputers will solve everything perhaps or maybe what if we could shrink a, a supercomputer down to the size
0: of the world's smallest
1: computer get those folks at 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 Fukuyama on the on the on the horn right now Fugaku I w- Fugake I was just saying I was having this conversation recently yeah the Japanese way of answering the phone best way in the world
0: you'll have to familiarize me it's mushimushi. that's how they say hello a mushi mushi. yeah oh that's what I'm gonna start doing
1: come on you can't you, the debt collector? A mushi. You're never <laughs> gonna be upset with that. Never at all. A mushi. mushy's you, you owe money for your child child alimony. Well, I can't say. I'm can't just gonna start saying that when people ask me. Can I speak to Alex? Uh, mushi. A mushi. Yeah. Right? I could be wrong, but that one's not one I'm going to look up because <laughs> if I find out that I am, I'm going to be very, very upset. Very sad. Very, very, very sad. Very sad. So that was
0: my last little piece of information. I actually um, did I did more digging into supercomputers after I shut down the show doc because I was so interested.
1: I had to... Yeah, I kind of had to hold back because once I like dove into The Sims, I was like, oh, man. Oh, okay. I was like, I had to... Stop myself because I was like, I'm going to go down a terrible, terrible hole um, and get sucked back in. I'm
0: I'm glad you brought that back up because I wanted to say something when you were talking about the other game. Roll Ty- tycoon. Uh, tycoon. Do you remember there was one... Uh, you know how you... When you progressed through your first theme park, yeah. you would get bigger ones and Which, they would come with more, you know, more equipped and you would... It was different challenges. called Forest Frontiers, I believe. I think believe. you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... The two roller coasters Stuck out to me Very very vividly And they were dueling One was white One was black Oh my god And one was called Agoraphobia Agoraphobia And and arachnophobia It was arachnophobia
1: Oh my god Those stick
0: out in my head I always think about that And then what I thought You were going to say before Was that you you used to Take guests And put them on a plot of land And then turn it into water Oh no That's Or like raise it up in the air (laughs) That's (laughs) weird Or like when you would turn the speed of the roller coaster way up, and oh, it was the one that just, would just go just right went off. The, yep, and yep. it
1: launched off. Well, that's the equivalent of in The Sims when you would make a swimming pool, tell right. them to go ahead and go swimming, right. and then take out the, the ladder. Take out the ladder. <laughs> and they, you know what, folks? And we've and gone s- on to be very productive members of society. And they said Grand Theft Auto was a violent video game. Come on, we were quite literally creating and destroying life. Look, like actually. It's oh great. god well on that bombshell you don't have anything else no
0: oh, I don't oh Nick you let me down no I'm did, just kidding did I no not at all really. say you said, never said you never done me down. Also? oh I'm uh I'm sad we have to wrap up but we're, we're going to hang out with some buddies soon
1: we are and we're going to go have fun with those those scallywags those same scallywags, those scallywags, that, scallywags that you all may be familiar with you might be you might want to go back and check one of our previous
0: episodes I believe it was Combo Birthday definitely I would say check out Combo Birthday every day because every day is Combo
1: Birthday it it is. Yeah. Every day is a but a celebration, I'd like to think.
0: that's what we're here for. Listen, listen. You stay beautiful. You stay beautiful. You stay beautiful. You but stay also, beautiful,
1: but also a little bit less than we are. Also, <laughs> well,
0: I was going to say also to get beautiful, you should go follow us on Instagram at Beers End Podcast, or you can come subscribe on YouTube. Yep. Also, because at, that's a thing now. Yep. Also, at Beers and at at Podcast. Podcast. And on Twitter at Beers End 1. Or shoot us an email please do at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That is correct. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Peace.
1: Beers End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat, and audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers And wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at BeersAndPodcast and on Twitter at BeersAnd1. That's on Twitter at and the number one. Or shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.